par. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo with the rucker bar. Now we eating from state to state. We scrape the plate. I put my eggs in the basket, took a leap of faith. I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 192 on the course, on the track to episode number 200. We are bringing you another roundtable. I'm here with my brothers, Drew Meditz. Welcome back, brother. What's up, my man? Phil Massia, Anaresis, back in the building. Everyone has been raving about these episodes, and I just want to firstly express our gratitude collectively, and I know the gentleman will chime in on that as well. Uh, the DMs, the text messages, all of the feedback has been super meaningful to us. We even share it amongst one another and be like, holy shit, like, this is what we're doing. We're making a legit impact just through talking openly about our experiences, our lives, and we just really appreciate that, so wanted to make sure we're sharing that first. Secondly, make sure you're leaving a rating and review if you have not done so yet, especially if you're tuned in from iTunes. That helps us bring amazing guests like these gentlemen on here. I mentioned in past episodes, they're not really my friends. They just like to be on the <laughs> podcast. I'm only kidding. Uh, and then lastly, we are diving into a topic today that is extremely meaningful, especially to men. But I don't say that to scare women away. In fact, I think women need to listen to this equally, if not more than men, especially if you have men in your life. So with that being said, we're diving into community and how important it is for men to be a part of something. And just before this episode, we were actually diving into what we can talk about and we thought it was gonna go a different way and started to get some different perspectives. So gents, I'll just throw it out there. How has community been important for you? I, I think at all, at all points of my life, um, no matter if it was grade school, high school, college, works and beyond, um, you don't necessarily feel whole unless you have that sense of community. Um, you could be a lone wolf and you keep that going, but at some point you feel that empty void and life is more fun when you share with someone else. Mm -hmm. So once you realize that and basically attract community that gets your vibe, your tribe that gets your vibe, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> life is a lot more fun that way. Mm -hmm. And I've had it through all different areas of, of my entire life and I know you guys have as well. What, uh, what areas do you feel like you've kind of had it? So, I mean, I would say currently, you guys, to be honest, I know we talked sure. about this pre-show, but sure. it's true. I, I think we all share that sentiment. Um, you know, in my job, I've worked my job in medical for 10 plus years, and we always say it's more of a family than anything, and we're, we're bonded by that for life. Um, what I don't have that in currently is in my, my side gig, my side hustle, rare cut. It's solo. It's just me. And I think that's what's missing. It takes, and while I love it, the one thing that feels a little bit incomplete is that there's no one else to kind of like bounce ideas off of. There's no one else to really grow it with. So that's lacking. And I would like to add that element at some point. Um, but that's what I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling the empty void of having that community, of having that team. I know how crucial that is to not just success, but also my happiness as well. When you had the opportunity to collab with Rare Cut and other people, whether it was photo shoots or you know product shoots, et cetera, did you feel different being that you had community in that sense, whether it's short term or long term? Yeah, very much so. So we're actually doing collab um, with um, a local business in Astoria. It's um, a local gym, uh, Better Body Fitness actually, uh, in Astoria. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a series of 
just kind of a little hybrid, like, hey, here's behind the scenes what's going on with our gym. Here's what's going on be- behind the scenes at Rare Cut and come together. And we have a brainstorm session tomorrow, which I'm really looking forward to because I don't normally have that. But we did a Father's Day special, as you guys know, and all you guys were, to some degree, have been featured on the Rare Cut page with your stories, your family stories. And I gotta say also, that's the best response that we get. We can hire models, we can hire like these guys that are chiseled jaws and and these guys that are like jacked and those don't get nearly as many likes as you guys do or people who are just real people. Not saying you guys aren't great looking, you are, but more so it's about the realness and people sense that and they like that and I think that's what differentiates what I'm doing now with the brand and what really stands out to people and they remember as opposed to, hey, here's a, here's just a good looking guy posing and pretending to be in the moment over and over again. That doesn't really resonate anymore, right? in my opinion. No, I get that for sure. Yeah. What about you guys? Uh, I think I we've had conversations about this before, but like we're, I think we're designed to be tribal, mm-hmm. right? Like, so we're supposed to be in somewhat of a tribe. This dates back, you know, throughout our entire you know, um, history really, right? As as the human species, we're supposed to be in a in a community of people, and you know, everybody has their own responsibilities within that. And I can say, even as an athlete, right? So I was a, a swimmer in high school, swimmer in college. Um, I always felt like I was part of a tribe when I was on a team. And then when I graduated college, and that kind of stopped, I think I had a little bit of like an identity crisis because I didn't feel like I was part of anything anymore. Mm-hmm. So even though um, I had the business at the time, so I started my business when I was twenty, right? Um, I still had that. It, it work wasn't necessarily the same even for a tribe. So um, it's interesting that you kind of bring that up, and maybe I, I even take it for granted a little bit uh, in terms of being able to have the team that we have now with the with the company. Um, and recently, like once the athletics kind of stopped, it was like, all right, what what am I going to kind of do to fill this void? Like, where am I going to kind of find my tribe? And I was into uh, it's funny because like um, people always say this too, like uh, like if you're into CrossFit, you talk about CrossFit, <laughs> right? And I and I think the main reason behind that is because it does have a very tribal effect on people. Mm-hmm. So when you're a part of a workout and you're and you're kind of suffering together as a group, that kind of builds a sense of community that you don't experience, like that is a shared experience that you now have for the rest of your life with those people, right? So like CrossFit workouts suck, right? And I'm, I'm not gonna be a guy here who's gonna uh, be talking about <laughs> CrossFit for the next hour, although I, I could if we wanted to. want to. If we want to. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but it, that was the one thing I think I loved about CrossFit. And that's why some people will be like, oh, CrossFit's like a cult. And it's because, again, it does kind of give you that, like you do the workout together, even if somebody who is like, it could be a, a 50-year-old mom, right? If she's doing the workout, she's doing, she's suffering the same as you, just maybe not to the same scale, right? It's the same pain, same kind of suffering. And like you kind of all go through that together and then you come out the other side. Um, and I've experienced that a couple times in my life. One would be uh, with a couple of my buddies, we did um, Wim Hof's um, seminar where we did ice baths and Wim Hof breathing together. And that was very communal also. It's like kind of like you suffer through a two minute ice bath with these people and then like you kind of come out of it and there's a sense of community with that also. So I, I think even during COVID, um, and we've kind of talked about this before too, um, I think what people were missing the most is that sense of community more than anything. Like even if you have your family, um, you know, um, people who were married, had kids, you're still missing, you still kind of want to be associated with something. And it's funny that Ann kind of brought it up because I felt, I feel the same way, right? Like, so right now I feel like you guys are kind of my tribe 
Um, we experience a lot together. Um, we talk about a lot together. There's a there's a human connection there that you you need to have, I think, in order to fulfill a certain part of your soul. Mm. That makes sense. I, I I honestly haven't even thought about it until you just said it. Until we started having this conversation, whenever I felt like I wasn't a part of a tribe or a community, I was lost as fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like literally, lo- and experiencing very detrimental behaviors, meaning overindulging in smoking weed, which is actually a thing, like really overindulging. Or I was part of the wrong tribes too, where that was a custom. Yeah, that's true. You that's know? a great point, yeah. You know, and I, I really didn't even think about this until this conversation and I'm like, I, I feel very much so a part of a tribe at this point in my life, which I'm grateful for. Uh, and, you know, working with Damon, I definitely felt like I was part of a tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't necessarily resonate with the sports teams because every team I've been a part of, everyone was kind of against one another, mm. which which is again not the best type of tribe. Which is weird because your your experience was in basketball, right? And baseball, and baseball. Specifically, that happened in which baseball. Are, okay, I was gonna yeah. say because basketball obviously is more of a team sport. Super team sport, yeah. Right. Basketball didn't take place. Baseball definitely took place. But it, it's very interesting you bring that up. I appreciate. It. I'm I'm thinking now. I'm like, oh shit. You know, I, I really haven't thought about that. Even with swimming, which was like an, a, a super individual sport right for the most part like you would probably look at that and be like yeah it's mostly individual goals right you still have training together that sucks so like when you're practicing that's what i think builds the 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 tribe a little bit because it's a common shared experience even if it's suffering right it's still a common shared experience that that you have that kind of i think brings you together a little bit so what do you think brings groups together now like we've all become close at different points, but pretty fairly recently, right? Relatively recently. Is it being in the same place mentally? Is it the fact that none of us at this table have kids? None of us are married currently? True. Is it our goals that bond us? Like, what do you think brings a group together, at least for you guys, that you feel like, hey, this is this is my tribe now? Like, what in your life makes yeah. you feel like that? I think in one word, it just comes down to values. Hmm. I think that's what it is. Obviously, I think goals you know is another thing um frequency frequency energy and the fact that none of us are married with kids like we're, we're able to get together yeah. like this you know and you right. can if you're married too mm-hmm. but um yeah. we feel true. connected yeah we feel connected i was gonna say uh, for me community really started with family started out the womb mm-hmm. like i have a big italian family i'm very blessed and there's so many extensions that I don't even know all the family members. Like there's people in Italy, I don't even know all my family members. So the community started at home, then it transitioned to school, even like preschool, like seeing all these kids playing with blocks and it's like, that's my community. And then it transitioned to t-ball and basketball and kickball in the schoolyard and you're playing together, community. And then I think why I loved I was at nightclubs for many years. Mm-hmm. And that's how I met Matt, working together. I think that's why I love the nightclub business so much, is that every Friday, every Saturday, any time I had an event, that was my community. My team, my internal team, was my family. And we all felt connected. We all had the same, like, I didn't have to ask people to come to the event, or, you know, uh, hey man, you shouldn't be there this Friday, Saturday. It was just, it was automatically understood. That was home, you know? It was, uh, 
a, a feeling of like like no other. And then when you invited other people to the community as an extension of that, the family just grew. And there was a sense of fulfillment there that just home. It's basically where like you you wanted to go there, you were you were drawn to it. Um, anything else on top, like money, anything else was just and icing on the cake. So for for me it started with family, you know, school, sports, and then it led into business. I was really lucky that I was in an environment that had uh, community at its core, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing all the people happy, like you said, yeah. sharing common experiences. It sounds so funny, but like a song dropping and being like, oh, or a fist, you know, your fist pumping in the corner of the club, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, or you're having a drink together and, you know, the shot, that's community. It's a common shared experience. Do you, uh, it's, you kind of brought this up too, and I think um, it goes back to a little bit what we were talking about before. Like, how how does somebody come into your current community or tribe too? Like, how open are you to allowing that person in, which kind of goes into like the frequency and, you know, with the shared values and stuff? Because like, you brought it up, like somebody joining, let's say you guys in the, in the nightclub industry, right? Or even somebody, let's say, okay, for example, like you three have known each other, even like me coming in, right? Like I'm kind of the outsider, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You guys have been at this a little longer, right? Me kind of coming in. Like, what do you think it is that allows for that person or the people in the tribe to allow an outsider into that tribe. Well, we never let you know, but being that <laughs> ant let you in, we kind of yeah. held spear, you know, like spears to him. I was like, yo, if Drew's not valuable, <laughs> like, you're out. You're out. <laughs> so no, he vouched for me. He vouched he for vouched me. For we me. we okay. still have the spears up to him. <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, in, in regards to us right here, like I, first and foremost, like obviously we trust Ant. But also, right out of the gate, it was always good vibes, mm-hmm. right? Like, always good vibes. Um, I actually linked with you, not even with these guys, not even with Phil or Ann. Like, we met up at Domino Park. And right, right, right. Just chilling with our dogs and then going to get beers and pizza and walking around. Like, How it should be when meeting anyone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was just good vibes, you know? So that, that was my personal experience. Yeah. It was just like, there, there was a connection. Yeah. You know, and you, you feel that. You know, like you can feel that. There you go. I you was going to say it's a feeling. Mm-hmm. I was literally just going to say it was a feeling. We... If for nothing else, the clubhouse run that we had for like those four months, mm-hmm. I, I said this to myself the other day, so it's crazy it's coming out now. If for nothing else, the best part of that was meeting you. Like all oh, thank of us, you. Thank you. all of us being Aww. together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's true though. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was just a feeling. You hear someone speak, you listen, you know the, the you know the meter right away goes off if it's authentic, if it's BS. And I just knew right away. And I was I remember we were DMing and I was just like, all right, just the next word is alignment. Feeling mm-hmm. and then alignment. Sure, and right. just saying like it it's just I don't another O is about to drop, but it feels like home. Like this is the crew, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then that's really all it took. So what you just said about feeling, I, I think people say that often when referring to anything, any major decision in your life or any any person that you're letting in, like relationship, ah, you know what, I'm going with her because it feels right. Or I'm gonna pick this office because this office face, space feels right. Home feels right, this car feels right. You're right, it is a feeling. It's more that than anything. It's not so calculated, it's not like a calculation or a spreadsheet of what makes sense and what doesn't. 
it's just like yeah this guy's this guy's cool as hell like he's one of us you know that's it's just an immediate fit and it just felt right and going back to what you said earlier about growing up italian it reminded me of the book outliers and they had that one segment that one chapter about the best quality living um in this one village in italy which is escaping me at the moment but basically they do certain things and their life expectancy is like top five in the world it's one of the the blue zones if i'm not mistaken and they interviewed the people of this village and they go well what do you do differently than everyone else how come this village everyone seems so happy everyone like seems together and the quality of life is through the roof here there were certain factors that played in right diet was a big one you know getting air all that stuff exercise exercise all that but the number one thing was everyone felt tied into the community which is the theme of this episode. Yeah. That was it, was everyone, they shared a meal together. When it was dinner time, there was no TV. It was conversation. What'd you do today? It was the best part of your day. Tell me about it. You feel bonded. You know your neighbor. Your neighbor knows your neighbor. Whoever's getting married in the village, you're invited. You're part of that crew, so to speak. And I think about that, Ikaria, I grew, you know, you guys know, grew up <laughs> Greek, very similar values, all that stuff. So I felt that as well. And then I think about Astoria, where I live now, or anywhere really in a metropolitan area, I look at people and I'm just like, I don't even know the person that lives two houses down on the left-hand side for me. I have no idea who they are. I wave. Sometimes they wave back. Sometimes they don't. (laughs) And I'm just thinking like, truly, they don't look like happy people. I still try to say hello to everyone. But I also think that plays into why so many people are upset and there's, you know, depression is running rampant is because if you move outside the home and you have your family... You move outside your home and you're on your own and you don't know anyone around you and no one's kind of taking you in. No one even shows that they care. How's your day? Basically, like the basic conversations and you don't even get that at just the most basic level. You feel that empty void. So I really think that's why people are going through a lot of struggles right now, especially like you mentioned, Andrew, with, with COVID. Yeah. Magnified I, even more. That's what I was – that's why as you were talking, I was kind of thinking about that. Like I feel like the, the people who I encountered who – didn't handle COVID well are people who are not what I would consider to be like in a tribe or more like lone wolves, right? Because it really magnified them being alone. Like for me, it was at least like I was alone, but at least I was FaceTiming friends. I was Zooming with friends. I was, you know, FaceTiming family. Like I never felt alone fully. Um, And I think the people that I encountered who were like completely miserable are people who are more or less like distracted by going out or, um, you know, work or, you know, even like just getting in completely engulfed in a hobby or something that ne- don't necessarily have that sense of community. And I think it just being alone really magnified, like, I don't like that they didn't have that to kind of bend on even in the worst of times, you know? Yeah. I'm just curious. We, we were talking about kind of intuition, right? With feelings and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. What's your advice for ensuring that your gut, your intuition, whatever the case is, is clear to be able to pick up on good or bad vibes. So like, I I think about that and I'm like, I don't know. Did did I pick up on a bad vibe, a good vibe with Drew? I don't know. Well, with Drew, we all knew. (laughs) Well, it's funny because with Drew, we all knew, right? So you said that example and I think of all the examples we listed earlier Mm -hmm. of just work, friends, You know, places, my my house, just everything just felt right. And then going back to one thing that I've been off on off many times, but that vibe, 
has been the relationship end where I, I'm like, oh, this feels right. So my senses might be a little off in that area, but I feel in every other. Why area is that though? I don't. I don't think they're off. You know, like, do I think? Do you think they could be off in just one area? I think you can. I don't think it's one area. I just think that um, you can trust your senses, but sometimes something will sneak through, no matter yeah. what it is, no matter what circumstances. It could even be business. Like I might have a great feeling about an employee. This happened to me this year, to be honest with you. I had a great feeling about an employee, like um, personally went out of my way, which I don't necessarily do because I always like to kind of leave a barrier, but like went out of my way to kind of mentor this person a little bit. Like they came to me for advice, spent a good amount of time with them, spoke about like their goals, like really gave this person like a lot of time. and. and I like this person and then they went and did something that was completely unethical to to the business and pretty much um, went to a competitor like stole you know some some like information from the company etc used it you know for the competitor to get a job and a position like and I felt like completely betrayed by it Hmm. Um, and I had a feeling about this person when I first met them that I liked them but it was it was something that just kind of went under the radar and I think you can you can trust your feelings a lot, but once in a while, like like people are gonna you know kind of sneak one past sneak one past you, you know, and, and yeah. it, it just is what it is, and you just have to you have to think like it's not gonna change the way that I feel about people moving forward. It's just more or less like something that that's just gonna happen in life, and that could be in relationships, that can be a business, that can be family, even right. especially. I mean, listen, I hate to say it, but Italians can be very stubborn, right? And yeah. it's like like I mean, they will hold grudges. Uncles, won't, you know, brothers won't talk to each other for right. whatever reason, like, and you never know. Like, I just think um, sometimes that just might happen. Um, and like, I spent a good amount of time when that happened, like literally like a week, like just like so upset about it, like thinking like, all right, we're gonna go after this person, we're gonna sue them because they signed a non-compete clause. And like, and at the end of the day, like after I had some time to kind of think about it, it's like the amount of time and energy that I would put going after that person, I'd rather put into my own personal growth and my business growth than trying to bring somebody else down. Like karma will eventually come back to that person for what they did, and it's not worth me trying to, you know, go after them because, you know, they hurt my feelings, right? It's more or less like they did something that's unethical. I believe that eventually it'll come back to them, but I'm not going to force the issue. I'm just going to separate from that, cut it out of my life and kind of move on to, to like more positive things, you know? And that was someone who was in my tribe, kind of, same kind of deal. Like we allowed him in, for, you know, everything, gave him every opportunity that he wanted within the company, like completely, completely blindsided me. Do you think that's because people can fake energy on a surface level? I, I think it happens to me because sometimes I'm, well, not sometimes, all the time I'm very open. So I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. So um, even in interviews, I have to be careful that I listen way more than I talk mm-hmm. because it'll, it's very easy to somebody just, for somebody to just literally say exactly what I want them to say mm-hmm. because they can see, because I'm so honest, they know exactly what I'm thinking, right? Which can be, which is great in your personal life, I think, but all, can be a detriment in business sometimes. Or you hear what you like and you're already sold before you've heard more. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna give like a very, very basic example about like the intuition part. So um, I think your intuition, 100%, you have to go off of it. But anytime that you're not in, in, the, in the long term, it seems that it didn't work, you, we have to chalk it up to the fact that we're still learning every single day. Mm-hmm. None of yeah. us are perfect, you know? I give a very, very 
you know, minimal example. Like, I'm a kid, and I like jumping in puddles, so I like water. I like it when we have water balloon fights. I like water. But then there's a six-foot pool, and I'm a kid, and I don't know I like water. So I jump in. Like, my intuition told me I liked water. Mm. I didn't learn yet that mm. I could drown. Mm. So, like, I just thought of that as you were speaking, and just, like, on an elementary level, because something we talked about a lot is, like, having grace for yourself. I think the feeling ties into it. Your intuition definitely ties into it. But in the, the day, Phil, like you don't know everything, <laughs> you know. Right, so, right. so um, I think that ties into it too. But to what we're all saying, nine times out of ten, even nine point nine nine times out of ten, um, I'd still rather have that learning experience and go with my gut and my intuition because it'll always, in the long run, it'll play out where I win 9.99 times out of 10. Mm-hmm. Just just for literally being a good person and trusting your intuition. Mm-hmm. What about you though? Do you think f- people could like fake an energy? Or like, do I think people can fake an energy? I mean, or, yeah. or, or at least, so what I'm getting at is like, all right, you meet someone and in your personal example, you were referring to relationships, right? So you meet someone, vibes seem great. Mm-hmm. A year down the line, you find out they're a pretty little liar. <laughs> That's a good word. You like that word. Example, yeah. Uh. You know, you, you find that out. Like, you didn't realize that at first. And it does tie into what Phil was saying just now, too. Right. You know, but like, I personally feel like people can put on such a good front that, I don't know, you just you just get caught up. I mean, it's happened. It's happened to me. I mean, it's happened certainly. to me. That's what, yeah, it's happened <laughs> I mean, to me. So most definitely, uh, and yeah, I think that's it happens in different areas of life, whether it's right. an interview or a date, which is exactly. also kind of like an interview at the same time. But yeah, it's very yeah. similar, isn't it? <laughs> it's very, very, similar. Similar. very fucking similar. Very much so. Very fucking similar. Especially, yeah, especially at this point, I feel like yeah, uh-huh. more so than ever before, right. and, and at this stage in our lives, big yeah. time, man. Right. Do you treat it like a business? So here's the thing. I just started going on. <laughs> I do. <laughs> no, I, I used to, man. I, I stopped. But go ahead. I want to hear no, this. No, I've been doing different types of dates. Like I never went for like coffee dates before, lunch dates. The I coffee just, date yeah, thing is weird, man. I can't weird. do that. It's so weird to me. <laughs> it is because then you don't know what you're doing after. You're like, you know, after like a nice Wait, he is the drinks. king of – actually, he is the king of uh, coffee dates, I think, right? I feel like he <laughs> That's why you're the only person I know Two. who's gone on coffee. On. I actually had to check – me like once when she was like, "Do you want to go get coffee or something?" I was like, uh, "No." I was like, "Do you want? Like, do you want to go for a drink or get dinner? Like, even if you don't drink, like, do you want to get dinner or something?" Like, the coffee thing is weird to me. No, I don't know if I can do it. Like, what? I don't know. It's an opening, and if you know what it is, it's a little sneak preview. And if you like the person, and you're just like, "All right, this is worth my time. Let's let's continue it." Great. One thing we've talked about that I don't do anymore is first date dinners. Those are out. Oh yeah, no way. Yeah, no way. No way. You're sitting at this table with this person. If it's a first person, if it's the first time that. You saw them. First of all, you don't want to eat in front of somebody you just met right. on a date with. So they're uncomfortable. They get like a salad or something. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's so weird. That, yeah, that's why you have to go for drinks. That's why we said speakeasies are the first, uh, the best first dates. Those are all they're the dark. Best. The lighting's great. Like it's you can have a, like not too many drinks, and so because they taste good, you can just have like one or two. It's perfect. And then if you want to bounce, you can bounce if you're not feeling it. Yeah, at this point too, like I'm going on a lot of dates at this point so if there's an opening there especially like you only have so many nights and you don't want to go on a date every single night you want to see your boys you want to relax you want to do your thing you know what I've, i've been more we adapt and we change 
especially as we get a little older. So if there's an opportunity for a coffee date, I'll do it. And if it's good, then we'll, we'll make a drinks to the next yeah, time. Yeah, okay. But, uh, what no, time, what time do coffee dates go down? I was going to ask how <laughs> In my past experience, 10 o'clock. Okay. <laughs> 10 a.m. <laughs> 10 a.m. That's so weird. Again, that's so weird. Yeah, 10 a.m. is strange. Yeah. And how long does it last? 10 a.m. is strange. One to two hours max. I'm not on it. You gotta be out by too. lunch. I might. Yeah. I don't know. Are you guys morning people? I'm really no. And I need time to warm up, dude. <laughs> I my whole working. He's career, in the bullpen. Yeah, I need. Yeah, um, he's in the yeah. <laughs> my whole working career has been centered around being a super early a.m. person with mm-hmm. medical you got to be at the hospital 6 30 a.m 7 a.m and i don't like to go to bed before 1 a.m mm-hmm. so yeah it's been a rough run but yeah, i'm a right. night person through and through and yeah to, to your point i when i go into these things i'm like 80 percent, but i feel like it's better than most so i, I run with that and <laughs> so far right. so good well, ironically tying both together, we just talked about community and just talked about intuition and coffee dates versus mm-hmm. alcohol. Uh, we did something and you came, the high performer networking happy hour, high performer happy hour. There's a networking event, five performers, mm-hmm. right? And I uh, wanna talk about something that can take the veil off of a conversation, introduce a little alcohol to it. Mm. And at a, uh, a conversation will quickly be the realest thing, you know, you can have with that person. Maybe with coffee it's not, but uh, you were just saying, you know, intuition, can someone fake it? Like, that's uh, actually Dan Pena, who we all know. That's a great is, point. Dan Pena is actually someone who always said, um, he's he's crazy, crazy motherfucker, crazy mother, <laughs> he always says, he says, uh, before you do business, have a drink with someone. And I'm not gonna tell you, you know, everyone listening to do that, but right. it, it does, it, it does set a precedent that um, it, that veil, that initial, I may try to act this way or say this way or play this role, um, you, you can't for that long because it's unsustainable. Right. You know? Breaks your state. It That's so, your state. It's so funny you bring that up because I, I always get made fun of from quote unquote moving quick. Like falling, quote unquote falling you mean drink. quick. Oh, I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> no, 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 I thought no, you were gonna no. say drinking more no. than everybody else. <laughs> when you said moving quick. <laughs> no, but um, every one of my first dates has re- not revolved around drinking, but involved drinking. Yeah. And it takes the veil off. But this and is that's why it happens. Like this that. is what I was actually once. It's funny because now you both brought it up too. Like, how much does. Um, alcohol play in the role of community also, right? So if you think about, right, like think about that for a second, like whether we're talking about, you know, building a business relationship, right? Or um, like going out to dinner with some friends, going to a wedding, right? Like cheer, like the idea of cheersing, right? uh, Is pretty much in every culture, right? Like there's a a term for it in every single language in terms of cheers, right? Um, It's... It's a pivotal role, I think, in terms of like bringing that veil down and, and letting people be a little more comfortable and be themselves. You know, obviously it can be abused, but it does play like a crazy role, I think, in community, which is kind of interesting too. I think it, that ties into exactly what we're talking about now, which is kind of nuts. 
kind of has a celebratory aspect to it. Yeah. Like whenever I think of the the nightclub and we 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 didn't go there to drink, but guess what? You didn't? All, Wait, you didn't? We all, <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt did. I did, I, did, I, did all, I did on my birthday for sure. On my birthday, I was uh, I was very noticeable. Let's put it that way. But uh, even when you have a good night and it's like, hey guys, get together, we're gonna do a shot. Like it's just that common shared experience mm-hmm. and celebratory aspect. So once again, ties into community. And when you are raising that glass, you you feel like part of a tribe, part of a family. It's a shared experience. You feel amazing. Like it's just, it's euphoric. It's a shared experience. And that can be, I think that can be done with like alcohol in a lot of cultures. It's been done with drugs, right? Like if we're talking about going dating back a long time, um, it could be done even with like, like crazy meditation, like tribal dancing, like all that stuff. It's a shared experience. And I think that's what builds community more than anything. And like, even when we talk about ourselves, our shared experience is, you know, speaking about being vulnerable and talking about experience, like our past experiences and being honest with each other. And I think like that shared experience is what we have together, which, which is why we kind of feel like a tribe also, you know, and I think that's at the key of all this stuff is really that shared, there has to be some type of shared experience in order for you to feel a part of it. What do you feel like communities impacted you the most on or being a part of something that's impacted you the most on? It's a good question. I would say the way I look at I would say the way I look at life. Community has impacted me the most with how I look at life. You being involved in a community, um, it's not just one teacher, it's everyone in that community is your teacher because you get to look at them and you have many, many perspectives. Like think of like on a baseball team, like how many different kids have different nationalities, different um, income levels, their parents, like who's shown up to the game this way, who's shown up to the game that way. Community has broadened my perspective and kind of shaped the way I look at people and things. For sure, uh, something that you won't just get in your house. Because in my house is one subset of a community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when I get out into the world, I'm part of a. I'm, there's like so many different subsets in that True. community that it's it's definitely broadened, and it also can be a little like weird at times too. Because then when you go into a different community, you're like. Oh, well, they do it this way. Well, why do I feel this way? Oh, it ain't, it ain't all like this? Are you, are you kidding me? Like, it's like, like what, is, what is this that is different? But I'll say it, it's, it's broad in the way I look at life. What do you feel like community has helped you overcome the most? So is it impacted the most? What do you feel like it's helped you overcome the most? Uh, probably wanting to give up. Mm. Probably wanting to give up um, for me. Uh, it, when, when you're around people, I don't do anything just just because of because of other people, but when I do it for myself and therefore I have the extended arm's length of a community, of that shared experience, that fulfillment, it's um it's it's more than you. So I think that's what it comes down to. It's bigger than you. So right. it's definitely it's, helped me with not getting it's helped me I would say community has and has helped me achieve goals 
more so than me being able to do it by myself. And I think sometimes even as an overachiever, it's hard to ask for help even, right? Or um, if you don't understand something to kind of speak up about it, right? Um, as a type A personality. But what I've learned over the years is that when I'm more part of a community, I'm more apt to achieve my goals through help of, you know, whatever, whether it's family, friends, team, right? What, uh, you guys, right? Whatever it is, I, I think it, it helps you achieve your goals because they all, it also keeps you honest. Um, and you set a certain timeline for whatever it is, you talk about it with people, it, it kind of keeps you towards that and, and helps you propel you towards it. So I think for me, it's more goals than anything. You shocked me by saying that you struggle for asking for help. <sighs> Um, I did for a long time. I think you guys know, um, and Andrew, who's done a lot of work on himself, right? right? But if you were to ask 28-year-old Andrew, right, is a completely different person, right? right? So me at 35 is entirely different than I was at 28. Um, now I'm the first one to ask questions because I'm curious about something. Right. And I'd rather learn about it than pretend like I actually know. Um, and it's, it, it is, it's something that it took me a while to kind of figure out. Um, and that just came through, you know, like we, we spoke about a million times, kind of doing work on myself and realizing like you, it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to not know the answers um, and even to be upset, uh, to be depressed, right? Like all that stuff I just, you know, we used to just bury um, anyway, me personally. And now it's kind of a lot easier for me to kind of talk about that stuff and, and kind of ask for help. And that's because of community and, you know, being able to be in a platform like this um, and talk to you guys about prior experiences also. You do you think there's asking too many questions? you think that's a thing? Meaning like looking for help too many times instead of mm. trying to figure some stuff out by yourself? Um, I Listen, there's, I mean, Phil touched on this earlier and I think we all have this outlook, right? Everything in life is a learning experience. So I think I'm not, I, I feel like I'm, a, I'm pretty good at this. Sometimes you just have to jump into some shit, even if you're not fully prepared for it and just mm -hmm. learn how to swim. Um, so like I wouldn't be I like I wouldn't be hesitant in terms of like jumping into something like that, but um, yeah, I think uh, I'm, I ask for help with literally yeah. everything. That's why I, yeah. I ask that like yeah. everything. Whether it's I, I sent Drew a text maybe two months ago. I'm like, yo, dude, how do you not compare while you're on a date? Like I, I, I literally just sent him a random text. Don't you always compare the last date to the most recent? It's kind of oh, or the last date to the last girl you dated. Yes, you know, it's like always. Well, yeah, I remember know? that actually. Yeah, yeah like, I left you a long I'll voice note. Ask any question. Yeah. that's what bothers. But that's why I mean, listen, you're you're great at that though. Have you always been great at that? No, the, I was. That's the thing. I was so disconnected, and also very egotistical. Right, like I, I always felt like I needed to come off a certain way or look a certain way to, to maintain a certain level of success or level mm -hmm. of stature. So me asking a question like that would put in the mind of Phil or put in the mind of Ann or put in the mind of Drew that, oh shit, Matt's not up there, he's there. You know, and I never, ever, ever wanted anyone to see me like that. I was gonna say too, I think what you're talking about in terms of ego too, when it comes to even going, like starting into a new trap, if you go, if you're the guy who goes in there with a huge ego, right? You're you're not gonna last in that trap. They're not gonna want you. Like they're not gonna. But it's almost like a defense mechanism, I think. Um, and I think a lot of people sometimes will be guilty of that. Like if they're going into a new tribe or if they're going to try something out or whatever. Like they kind of go in without asking questions or going in pretending that they know everything or going in there trying to prove themselves instead of going in with an open mind and 
like relaxing a little bit. I think that, and that drives people away. Like they're not going to allow you into the tribe if you go in with a giant eagle like that. It's like right. being on the Yankees and being a rookie and be like, guys, oh, my team now, guys. Right. Be like, right. 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 Yeah. right. Who's this guy? Right. You have to pay your dues. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But and something you said earlier too, I had heard this before in the past. I think it's true. Um, they go, if you want to connect with somebody, really connect with somebody, ask them for help. Because I think, mm. I know I my whole life, it was like, oh, don't don't ask this person this, don't, you know, whatever. Like, but it's actually the opposite advice is actually true. When someone, when you ask somebody for help, it shows your vulnerability. It also gives a person an opportunity to help you and it, it mm. connects you in a way that, you know, otherwise you might, you know, it, it's giving them an opportunity to kind of show the ropes on something. So I think that's usually a bonding moment is, and, and sometimes we're a little hesitant to ask for help, but it actually, at the end of the day, does connect you. Yeah. That person is now, I read this, that that person is now invested in you. That's what it is, yeah. That's what it is. Yep. And um, I was the same way, like what you just said. It was like, oh, if I ask this question, then they'll, they'll know that I don't know this. Mm. Uh, but to bring it back to what we just spoke of before, like that's the veil. And eventually they're gonna know mm -hmm. that you don't yes. know this. And um, so it's kind of like a veil and it's better just to ask because then in due time, that person who did ask, maybe not right away, but down the road will be ahead of you because they asked and therefore they slingshotted and you just stayed the same because mm -hmm. of ego. And don't you always feel good when like someone's like, hey, I don't really know how to do this and you know the answer, you're like, oh, it's actually this and this. Like you feel better about yourself and you provided value. It's, it's a win across the board. Right. But people are so afraid to like not know and I look foolish. And guess what? If somebody does give you an answer and they're a douche about it, you're not, they, you, there's your answer there. You're never going to ask I them actually, I, I feel like this also ties into exactly what we're talking about. You just hit on it too. Like the idea, even like the, um, nothing makes me happier, honestly, than like mentoring. Right? Like I coached, I coached my high school swim team for seven years I think six or seven years I think I was at it right and I had I had I loved it like it was my way of kind of giving back to my high school um, I had literally almost no time to do it running a business like everything else going on in my life um, but it was something that I looked forward to and loved so much and even like how we talk about like the idea of community like there's also a certain like point in community for me anyway like we're mentoring somebody is Amazing. Like, I feel like once I stopped coaching, that was another thing that I felt like was kind of missing from my life, which also goes into community. And I think it ties into also like some of the texts that you've gotten about like our round tables, right? In mm -hmm. terms of like people reaching out just to be like, hey, listen, like um, that listening to that podcast made me take the first step to try to fix my life. Or, you know, listening to that podcast, I, I think I'm going to now look into therapy, right? Or whatever it is. Like, even that. Right is not necessarily mentoring, but it's kind of the same thing in terms of like building that community and having that feeling, which I think is also why we enjoy, you know, getting here and kind of and talking about this stuff also. So like I was curious again, like where do you do you guys have any like mentoring things that you're currently doing that kind of go into community? So I was mentoring for, I still quote unquote am, um, can't say I've been as present as I previously was due to COVID and just not being in person. It just wasn't the same online. But um, CUNY Startups, which I attended a CUNY school, has uh, like these entrepreneurship programs, which are incredible. They're literally, I, I've talked to both of you about them. I could definitely get you involved as well. Sure. Um, absolutely incredible watching these students build a startup from scratch to launch within like three months. 
And it's incredible to be a part of that because just like you, I've that was on Fridays, I never felt better than Friday. Yeah. Because Friday, I literally always felt valuable. When they listen to you, right? They listen to you. They want to hear from you. They look up to you. Yeah. Like, you just feel valued. It's, it's external validation, but it also can be internal because you're like, oh, shit. Like, the things I have, my experiences, no matter what it is, is incredible. It's unique. Mm-hmm. It, it's literally unmatched. You know, so it, it, you can reverse it into internal validation. But dude, like that stuff was yeah. the best. See, I got a bigger high out of, or like more enjoyment out of life. I would go to career day for like underprivileged high schools, like Hempstead High School, Long Island City High School, um, and I would talk about entrepreneurship. And like, I would have the teachers come up to me after a class and be like, listen, I've had this class for six months. They haven't listened to a word I said. <laughs> you had all of them just now for literally 20 minutes, like literally on bated breath listening to everything that you were saying. And like, I got a bigger high out of kids who are reaching out to me by taking down my cell phone number and asking me like what books I would recommend for them to read, mm-hmm. um, like where where they can kind of start uh, to, to look for like funding on how to get started. I got so much more enjoyment out of that than I would even in business in terms of like landing a big company contract or something like that to me was so much like more genuine than anything and it was like such a high like to be a part of that and like kind of get them started and everything like that like that to me was amazing and when you're first going when you're going through it at first you're just like man i hope this is valuable i hope someone's getting something yeah. out of this you really right yeah you know. don't know what, right at first you're like these kids aren't paying attention yeah exactly. one kid's walking in late like he doesn't <laughs> give a shit right he literally was like five minutes late like walked in was like fuck their shit right and then, like, and then like i see him like fucking sit down in a chair and then all i know and then the next thing i know like towards the end of it he's the one asking the question you know i was like and it's just so it's cool wild. Yeah. yeah so same thing so with my job in medtronic they put me in charge i've been doing this job a long time and like all right we're gonna put you in charge of developing the new hires I'm like okay like it's not a role I'd taken on before so I took it on and I was working with people all across the country and kind of same thing I'm like I get off the phone call with them I'm like I hope that was valuable for them I hope they got something from it and then as time went on I would get letters in the mail I would get gifts one guy uh, won President's Club Award thanked me in the speech for like a lengthy amount of time and I'm like damn like I didn't realize I had such a huge impact on this person because you're just like kind of just it's such a great feeling right I don't even know what to compare it to it's beautiful though it really is you know, because yes. it's just so genuine. It's ironic how it changes from when you were younger to that point right now. So when we're younger, it's you know power driven. I'm gonna be fulfilled when I have X Y Z business, certain revenue, certain income, and now it's like I either you hit that or you're on the way to hitting that, and then you say, well, nothing feels as good as coaching a baseball game, mm-hmm. or nothing feels mm-hmm. as good as giving a little bit of advice, or and it could be so simple like people don't have to feel down because they're not in um, let's say a CUNY startup or a career day or you know uh, hiring or um, you know training it could be just a simple conversation on a daily basis like just that ripple effect that's what we're all talking about like Mm -hmm. it's the ripple effect of fulfillment and it goes back to what you just said before like this is why you should never be afraid to ask for help because mm-hmm. look at how you all lit up when yeah, you talked seriously. about how true. you seriously. gave help so like if the younger Phil or anyone else to this podcast do that even now like ask for help ask the 60 year old 70 year old even when you're 50 ask for help because this is what it's about that's where true fulfillment comes from and you know what I think everything kind of comes full circle because every example that was given talks about an investment, an investment in time. When you give your investment in time into a person and it's reciprocated and they appreciate it, 
that's where you feel the most fulfilled. And when we talk about community, when someone gives you their undivided attention and you know that and you feel that, that's something that can't be replicated. You know when you're talking to somebody and they're distracted, they got a bunch of other things going on, you didn't quite vibe with them. Mm-hmm. But when someone's just like, no, no, I hear you, like I feel you, you talk to me, what's going on? And you know that like you had that moment with them, that's the stuff that you know no money can replicate. And you talked about like when you're younger, you think money's, money's the end all be all. And while it is very important, when you really look back in your life, it's the moments that you had when you shared that moment with somebody, when you when you invested a little time or somebody invested in you, that's the stuff you never forget. Well said. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Um, how has community impacted you the most and what has community helped you overcome the most? So out the womb, I feel like, well, I was, I was born into a community. Um, Chewbacca's? Chewbacca's. Very good people. <laughs> no, dude, for real. I, I, as a little kid, like, I also didn't speak English until I was five years old, by the way. I never wow. knew that. Yeah, I didn't know. Did I we all to, just learn that? Dude, yeah. 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 I went to, I remember I went to public school for kindergarten, and I was talking to kids in Greek, and everyone was like, who the hell, what is this kid saying? And I had to, like, you learn it real quick, because you have to, out of necessity. But yeah, I didn't speak English until I was five. Wow. And I knew words, but it wasn't my primary language. So ever since I was a little kid, there was something like... Bigger picture, you felt bonded, there was belonging, something outside yourself. And I gotta say, this is, there's a lot of, there's pros and cons in the Greek community. Um, there's definitely some cons, but there's more pros. And one of the, the most beautiful things about it is you feel bonded to somebody. Like if there's a Greek person, like, I just met your coworker. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I met Paniotti. I was like, yeah. Well, that's why I, I knew, and as an outsider, I was like, his name's Paniotti. <laughs> it's really Peter, but I call him Paniotti. Yes. I'm like, I got to introduce him. Obviously, they're probably going to the same church. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. There's got to be some connection. We definitely If do. we would have left you guys alone for two for two minutes, you probably would have known each other's entire story. It's like The 60, connection would have been made and you would have known. Yeah. We always say it's, it's, it's a small world, but it's even smaller when you're Greek. And yeah. truly, when you see someone that is also Greek, you share the heritage, you share that bond. Because like, you went through all the same stuff you went through greek training together there's a lot of stuff involved so it bonds you and i don't Community. know if, totally exactly shared experience 100 percent, and that's what it is and like i don't think other cultures do this i don't quite know but greeks do this if you guys don't already know this has happened since i've been four years old at the end of a movie when the credits roll people look for greek names They're like oh greek greek name like yo i don't think anyone else does that that's except for thing. greeks <laughs> <laughs> That's not an Italian thing. We get so excited. It's just like as ridiculous as that sounds, and I realize how ridiculous that sounds. It's kind of nice because I don't think anyone quite does anything like that. And I do feel truly like I do feel a little different. You know, I do feel like I'm built different inherently because of of my Greek background. Like you feel a little different, Um, but it's not a bad thing. I think it's a cool. It's a good thing. what was your second the second part of that question? What has community helped you overcome the most? Um, I think it truly it I feel very rooted, very grounded and rooted into who I am. Mm. And I'm malleable. I can shift in my opinions or and thoughts, but deep down, like at my core of who I am, I know who I am. You know what I'm saying? Because of that. Mm. Like I know deep down, like there's certain things that I will not waver from whatsoever. But I think it just solidified knowing who I am and being true to myself. And I think that's, I attribute that to community. Yeah, it's respectable. I think in general, community has helped me navigate life more than anything else. 
And it, it helps when I'm surrounded by individuals that are more experienced. You know, you guys are in your early 40s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, but no, but seriously, like, I, I've personally, I've always been surrounded by and more drawn to hanging out with people that have more experience than I do. It's a nice way to sing old earth. <laughs> it's full life. Listen, I'm, I'm being PC here on the podcast for once. For once. But um, I mean, it, it's very helpful um, to be able to have a right hand man or three right hand men where you could just be like, hey, I need help with XYZ or frame it in a different way and be able to get advice. And it's like, oh shit, that resonates with me, you know? So I'm going to say something that I did as a kid. I don't know if you guys did it as well. You kind of just touched on it in. in um, almost gravitating towards people with experience. So as a kid, I remember being at like family functions and everyone would have dinner. The kids would all break off and play video games, whatever. I kid you not, I like staying by the adult table and just listening Mm -hmm. and hearing what their stories were and observing the way they spoke. And I feel like it really rubbed off on me. I always feel like I've been an old soul, but like I liked being present. I liked hearing the stories of, I went to work and this happened. Yeah, Yeah, always. I've always been that way. That's interesting. So I don't know if you guys ever experienced that. Is that that because you weren't good at video games? I was just, I was, I was, (laughs) I (laughs) didn't get two points to get DNA. I was like, I was, I ran off and played Mario Kart. No, I like I like uh, hanging out and just listening to the people. Speak I mean, I think I was fascinated by my my older cousins and stuff, um, and hearing their stories. But like the parents, I probably was not into, you know. But I would say I was probably I probably follow around my older cousins too. Um, How much older are your cousins? Not much, four or five years. Right. You know? Right. That's yeah. But at that age, it, it's a big. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah, at that yeah. age, yeah. huge. Yeah. Four or five years. I mean, yeah. four or five years doesn't become anything until like you're mid college, and then it's like oh, four right. or five years is nothing. In high school, it's like, oh my God, you're you're a freshman to a senior, or a freshman in college. That's true. That's a huge jump. That is. I used to get so pissed when the freshmen in college would come pick up the freshmen in high school. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, go get a girl your age. It's fine. <laughs> <Yep>. You know? <laughs> I actually did the same thing as you. No good. I hung around. This is why. Because life goes so fast and everybody's always constantly moving. My parents just constantly going on the you know the merry-go-round that those stories were never revealed except for those low periods between courses. So Thanksgiving, in between you know, you just had the turkey, you had the seventeen different dishes and <laughs> my father's like, you know, stuff. But there's a And then the pasta comes out. And then, yeah. <laughs> that's it. But you know, you don't want there to be that awkward silence. Yeah. Like, you know, Who's gonna talk? And that never was the case in my house. People always spoke up. That's when a story was introduced. Like, did you know when I was a kid, it was this? Oh, did you know Uncle Ralph? This or this, mm-hmm. that. This is when I got to hear the things that make like my family, like you said, pretty cool. Those stories makes, are awesome, right? Yeah. And, and, and no then, matter how many times you hear them, even like when I was a kid, those stories are just, right? They get better every get time. Better. Right? And you then you wind up telling community. them, right? And then you wind up telling them, right? After mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy how that happens. Yeah, but that is, and it's important to keep track of that stuff, I think, too. You know? Absolutely. Really cool. I was going to say before, too, like, uh, I was thinking while one of you were talking, I just didn't want to interrupt, like, how how telling is it that if, you know, you've, let's say, made the most money in the world, had the biggest company, and then the last day comes and no one's at your funeral? Mm. Yeah, I just got you know, the chills. What, what is, how, how was, what did the community mean to you during your life for that to happen? Yeah. You know, so I think we can all understand that that's the most important thing. 
Yeah. It's valued highly, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Gents, we've been running an hour. Any last uh, any last words here on community? Oof. Uh, uh, hmm. I mean, I think, again, I, I think it can happen in many different forms and fashions. Um, but there has to be some form of, of shared experience that brings people together and you right. kind of hold on to that for a long time. And that's why even, you know, whether it's religion or um, nationality or whatever it is, like those traditions, I think, are, are so important because they bring that shared experience amongst us all. What do you guys feel like we share that has us here right now? Like, and I only ask that. Obviously, we could go in many different tangents. I ask that question for the people that are listening that might be looking for their community or might have their community and need to pivot or whatever the case is, just so we can bring them into our circle and what we have here. I think you hit on it in like minute two of this podcast values, ideals. Um, I think that's what it comes down to. Right. Mainly values. What about you, Phil? we're all striving to be our best selves. Mm -hmm. So if we're at a restaurant, if we're at a bar, if we're at a Yankee game, it doesn't matter. The conversation is always coming up about something. Billy's. Yeah, Billy. It doesn't matter where we are. We're always talking about how can we, you know, be a little better in one bucket of life or another. So uh, um, that conversation is, is, is to be expected and we want it to happen. Yeah, you listen. You you surround yourself with people uh, who are going to have an effect on you, right? And I think what we share in common is every day we try to move that needle forward a little mm-hmm. bit in aspects of our life. And I think we touched on this last podcast. Sometimes there's going to be other buckets that are full when others are kind of less, right? But for the most part, what we're trying to do is just be a better person than we were the day before, and right. a better person than we are the day after that, and a better person than we are the day after that. And like we said, there's going to be sometimes where some part of your life is kind of lacking, some parts are more full than others. But for the most part we're trying to put out positive energy um, help each other which I think is huge Um, like if you're looking to be a part of a community you feel like you don't have that you're kind of listening to this if you just smile at someone right start with like just smiling at somebody go into the day being like I'm just gonna be positive to every single person that I encounter you're gonna wind up in a a great community of people Mm -hmm. and I think that's the most important thing that I would say to anybody yeah I would say that to Drew's point you thought a lot of a lot of things I was thinking as well. Um, starts with a smile. You're absolutely right. But like, really, what that means is if you haven't found your tribe, and for many many years, I had and I still they're great friends. But as far as like tribe people that really like get me on my le- like, just vibe with me, got where I was going. Um, didn't happen until pretty recently. You know, that's sure. I felt like for forever. I'm like, ah, no one really kind of gets me. Right. And I'm I'm on this island on my own. But uh, find your own tribe. You know, it it starts with just putting yourself out there. Um, there's going to be a, probably a period of you being uncomfortable for quite a while. And we've talked about this podcast before. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Ask the right questions. Ask people, hey, what's the best part of your day? Take it from there and then start asking questions. And all of a sudden, you'll, it'll lead you to the right path. But it doesn't happen without action. So um, yeah, I think that's that's the steps in, in, in getting to where you need to get. And you know, you, you're, not stuck where you, you're not stuck where you currently are unless – you don't want to like expand out of your comfort zone. So it just takes a little bit of that, that unfamiliar feeling. And once you get comfortable with that, things kind of fall in line. You know, it's interesting because I mean, this could be a a whole topic in itself, but 
your friends aren't necessarily your tribe. Your brothers and sisters are. Right. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm going to speak on myself. I can't speak on behalf of everyone here. I'm sure you can resonate, though. I have friends that go all the way back to fucking kindergarten. They're not part of my tribe, though. Right. You know, and I think that's something that not just us here, but like everyone that listens to this needs to evaluate, you know, those people might not have your best interest in mind. Um, they, they might not even fuck. They just might let you coast. Right. I know so many people that are hanging out with the same people and they know they need to make changes in their life, but the people around them don't urge them to. And sometimes that's what it takes. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Like I, I see it firsthand, especially in my life. I'm like, I could still hang out with them. I know you could still hang out. You guys could okay. still hang out with your friends. Sure. But at the same time, like it, they're not necessarily your tribe. You know. And one thing I would add that I wish I knew younger is you will find your tribe. But you touched on it by being more vocal about it mm. because other people feel the way you feel. They just don't know that you feel that way because you haven't been vocal about it. So if you just keep being the person you want to become and be vocal about it, some people may say, hey, that's uh, not really where I, where I want to be. But at least you shed that quick and it helps you get to where you want to be a lot faster. So right. speaking up about it. Fellas, episode 192 in the books, Drew. Thank you, brother, for being here as always. Good night. Phil. And guys, everyone that's listening to this, first and foremost, ask for help. I made sure I circled that in my notebook. Every single person that's on this podcast, you can reach out to. You can find their social links in the show notes of this episode. Every single one of them will answer their DMs. I can promise you that, especially if you mentioned that you heard them here on Decoding Success. So make sure you're reaching out for help. And even if it's not to one of us, just ask for help in some different regard. Uh, we've had people DM the show and literally say like, hey, man, or hey guys, you've literally helped me want to get professional help or hey, you've helped me work on my relationship with my family or my girlfriend, my boyfriend, whatever the case is, like there's a lot of help that is out there. Make sure you're tapping into that. As mentioned, you can find all the guys on social through the show notes of this episode. Make sure you're leaving a rating and review. Subscribe to the show on YouTube and until next time, everyone be blessed. Peace.